0: and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is
1: Abe.
0: What's up? Out now as a film podcast as Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 84 and this week we are talking about Anna Karenina, the new film directed by Joe Wright starring Keira Knightley, Jude Law and Aaron Johnson. Um, joining us to discuss Anna Karenina, we have writer for Fast Film Reviews, a man who owns many leather-bound books, including ones by Tolstoy, Mark Hoven. Hey, everybody! And possibly later on, we might have uh, doom and gloomy Russian Jordan Grout joining us, but we'll we'll see. We'll see if he can <laughs> just get in on this episode. But yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Let's get into it. A um, few announcements, of course. Uh I think okay, also I didn't even mention this to you, I forgot to. Uh at the end of this episode I think we're gonna have a we're gonna have a tag with the a review for the collection, which I'll be I'll done with which I'll have done with um a couple new guests and I'll introduce them when we when we get there. But yeah, the collection, the horror film that was released last week. We figured why not in this empty time of year apparently before the storm hits of all these crazy other movies and in, in between storms, I guess, of all these movies that are out. Um might as well do a little collection review, so that's gonna be in there at the end of well, this episode. Uh, what is, hey, you posted something in your blog this week. Yeah, I actually posted some headlines because I was actually kind of bored about... I was
2: kind of read, read referring people to this website every week that I do this show. I'm like, yeah, find more fun stuff at www.warrowsmoo.com. It's like <laughs> all the same stuff every week. And finally, I was
0: like, all right, well, here's four headlines. <laughs> way, way, to, way to get bored in order to help yourself blog something. That was nice. That's, yeah, let I'll get it more started. Maybe I'll write a review for AnnaCredit it, but I won't. I won't promise anything. Okay. Uh, let's see other things. Holidays are coming up, I believe, right? They are, indeed. Yeah, and um, I think just last the- last year, I mean, a lot of movies come out during the holidays. Last year, we kind of did like a, a lot of bonus episodes. We kind of we were like doing guerrilla podcasting, where we just get together of whatever guests we had at the time and just record like a quick forty five minute show. We have, like Tintin and Girl with Dragon testing. So I think we're probably going to do the same thing this year again with Django Unchained and Chain and Miz and Zero Dark Thirty. I guess many of us get to see it by that time, uh, so we'll we'll see. But just just giving you a preview that that's probably what's going to happen. It's more gorilla podcasting. <laughs> um. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, we got an email. We did it. Uh, we got an email from Graham. Um. Uh, here, here I'm going to just going to read it out. And uh, yeah, here we go. So. A few weeks late, but with regards to the World War Z trailer, why did they have to screw up a good book? At this point, calling at this point, calling based on a book is like calling Thor based on original Greek legends. The original format could work well with Brad Pitt narrating and interacting similar to how Cloud Atlas pulled off multiple vignettes. Well, also but no, that didn't happen. Also, zombies that move like scarabs from the Mummy movies ruin the idea of the book. So, please discuss why Brad Pitt's L- the lame, lame attempt yeah. deserves anything other than a skip it also what do aaron and abe do as day jobs and how does aaron deal with such devilishly handsome co-workers we'll get to that question first but what do you think of the uh what do you th- what do you think of the world war z mark were you hero face when we talked about world war z tra- no you weren't i don't believe have you seen that trailer
3: uh, I have seen the trailer, and I I can't remember if I discussed it with you guys or not. No, you
0: know, that was our Sky follow No, so you yeah, haven't discussed that one with us. Okay. But do, what you, do you have any thoughts on that trailer?
3: Um, gosh, I don't, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, it, it could be good. But I, I don't have, like, I don't have a super strong desire to see it, but it, it, it looks like it might be interesting.
0: Yeah, and we kind of went over it at the time. We were just kind of... <laughs> they. It seems like they bought the book. They bought the title of the book, and then just threw everything else out. So, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're and we know there's production troubles with that movie and everything. So we're curious, I guess, how it turns out. But yeah, there are a little.
3: There are some. I cool mean, it's things. another like zombie outbreak movie, right? That's kind right, of the with, idea
0: with the fast acting zombies. Yeah, the fast acting to acting zombies. And,
2: uh, right.
3: So. Uh, so it, it has to separate itself from something like 28 Days Later.
0: Yeah, and it could have done that by sticking to what the book is, which is completely different than what the movie seems to be presenting to us. So it's, right. uh, it's a weird situation. So, yeah, we'll kind of see. Uh, Abe, do you want to go into your job at all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, during the day, I am a superhero. Uh, at night, I'm a podcaster. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually Abe's Alfred during the day. It's a weird combination we have. And uh, yeah. as far as devilishly handsome co-workers go, you've seen the pictures on our site. Abe's not that handsome. So anyway, let's move <laughs> on. Um, Is Graham <laughs> that handsome? To be continued. Um, other thing, uh, our friends of the show, uh, Liz Vandershill, she's part of the show Just Seen It. And um, they've... Gone from being a web series to being a PBS series, and the news broke last week that they're going to go from being on PBS SoCal to national. They're going to be broadcast all over the country, and so that's you know good for Just Seen It and them. And not to toot my own horn, but I seem to be becoming a regular guest on that show. So, <laughs> so if you feel like seeing myself and many of the other other wonderful reviewers have Just Seen It, um, starting in January, you're going to be able to see that movie review show on, uh, television, all on PBS, all across the nation. So putting that one out there and I'll be happy to get Liz and whoever else from just seeing it back on the show soon. Cause they're a fun bunch of people.
3: Uh, let's see. Last thing,
0: iTunes reviews and ratings. Very helpful to get those. Even if you've just suffered iTunes 11 upgrade and, you know, <laughs> do not like the format, like I don't. And, uh, but still, you know, log into iTunes, give us a rating. Maybe write a sentence or two, just, you know, helping out It's a good good thing to do. Indeed. Complaints about iTunes 11 putting aside now, and let's move on. Let's get to Know Everybody, where each week we ask each other a few questions to kind of set the tone for the podcast. I better get to Know Everybody, and I'm going to let Abe start this one off. All right, excellent. I
2: was happy that you were letting me start, because I have this great question for Mark Hoban. Never mind, I'm going to let
0: Mark start this one off. No! (laughs) Abe, go. Mark, would Anna have been better as a Muppets movie?
3: <laughs> um, would have been better. I mean, I love the Muppets, but I, I like it as a human actor movie. I think really? the Muppets, well, I think the Muppets would have it would have been a different film, though, wouldn't it? I mean, it, it wouldn't be.
0: I had a current Corredera has a, a certain tone that I don't think Muppets can quite capture. Right.
3: It, I mean i I don't think Muppets could seriously convey Leo Tolstoy's <laughs> words in the same way that human actors can.
2: Well, so, well, if they made, if they made a I, Muppet friendly, would you have enjoyed that film?
3: I could <laughs> see myself easily enjoying it, for sure. It, but okay. as better than I, than with human actors, I would say no.
0: Maybe, maybe yep. a farewell to arms.
3: <laughs> there you go. Walk. War and Peace. Waka Waka. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Aaron. Yep. Who is more delightful, Karen Knightley or Anne Hathaway?
0: I'm gonna say Anne Hathaway, and it's not to take away from Kira Knightley because I do like her, but I've seen Anne Hathaway be more delightful on occasion, as opposed to occasionally seeing Kira Knightley smile once in a while. Um, I, I've seen Anne Hathaway do a lot more comedy. I've seen her in a lot more interviews, and she just seems like a really friendly presence. Like I like <laughs> I'd if like I was given the option of like who am I gonna hang out with for a day? I'd choose Anne Hathaway. Plus, she fills out that the costume. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, who is a director that you like? That, re- that who who is a director that utilizes film scores that you really like? Like who's like? Oh man. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, yeah. I mean, Joe Wright. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm re- yeah. obviously relating to. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like the way Joe Wright uses music in movies. But who is there any other director example? That's, that's,
2: like- that's a good question. I have to think about that. I, mean, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Do you guys have any? One's that you guys know off the top of your head, just like boom.
0: Oh, well, these classic ones like Hitchcock and Bernard Herman. There's um, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton in the good old days. Yeah. There's um. In terms of like you know. Steve, Spiel, Steven Spielberg and this in John, Johnny Williams, the jazz player. They, they... That's that's the first one that came to my mind
2: too. But I was thinking like, man, the way that Joe Wright uses it, incorporates it into the film. That's that's just I think it's a league of its own kind of. Um, but yeah, I I, I all enjoy a good John Williams score. Jurassic Park. The theme is excellent, um, as well as everything else that John Williams has ever scored.
0: You know, I was listening to um, the Home Alone score yesterday, and there's a lot of, you can hear a lot of Jurassic Park in that score. They're both John Williams scores. and Yeah, I mean, he, I was, said, it was, just, I was it, recycled, but everything's... No, 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 I'm not saying you're recycled, it's just you can you can really hear, you can just kind of hear some of the same tones, like, oh, that's interesting. That was kind of the interaction. Huh, all right. What about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and, um, and Johnny Greenwood? And they're interesting scores that they have made together so far. they will be people mm-hmm. are The master. Just putting put that okay. one out. Yeah.
2: I guess they're fine. I mean... But in terms of... If, we, if you geared the question toward, like... Oh, a, a director who uses music well in movies, even if it's outside
0: music, I'd say Wes Anderson. There you uh, go. Well, that... Yeah. that that's a, that's whole, a different question. On whole another category. And then you got, like, Tarantino you pull in there. And just, like, the witcher. Yeah. It's a whole can of worms. Exactly.
2: Alright, Eric,
0: yeah. do you enjoy Kara Knightley? And
2: if so, <laughs> all right. do you like her play? Like, because I was thinking about it on the way out of the theater. I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not a huge Keira Knightley fan. And I know you just got a question from Mark Hoban that's similar. But, yeah, I just, I can't. I was thinking about the movie roles that she's been in. I don't really enjoy her in all of them. I haven't seen Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, so
0: I don't know. Um. So the question is, do I enjoy Keira Knightley in general? Yeah, and which film role do you like her in? Because I was talking to my friend,
2: and I was like, I can't figure out a movie that I, that I super enjoyed her in. Uh, Mark's like, Tot,
3: I mean, hello, Pride and Prejudice. You didn't like her in that? <laughs> I didn't
2: see Pride and Prejudice.
3: You haven't seen that?
2: I'm still waiting for I'm still okay. trying to catch the... Uh, yeah, I mean, the that's, Col- like like the one of her,
3: that's one of her main movies. That's you know, right, you, you have too. to see yeah.
2: that. I, I don't want to <laughs> ruin the Colin Firth experience, so I'm, I'm waiting for that one. Uh, you've, seen,
3: you've seen Atonement?
2: I, I've seen like the first ten minutes of Atonement.
3: Oh my gosh. Well, then you don't know Kira Knightley. That's true. Maybe that's because I'm staying away from her. So you're, if you're me, talking about you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean, that's not yeah, warm me up to like, her, her
2: actress's skills and
0: warm me up to movies that I should check out. So getting to my answer for the question, um, <laughs> <laughs> I I I do like Kira Knightley. She's not like I wouldn't. I don't place her as the top of like actresses I really love to see in movies compared to other actresses like Kate Winslet pops to mind, for example, or <clears throat> Helena Bonham Carter. But like I do, and I do enjoy Kiera Knightley. It's because of movies like Atonement, which I really enjoy, and even something as crazy as Domino, which I think is just such a wild kind of role for someone like Kiera Knightley to have taken and to what I think pull off quite well. <laughs> I I do like her, and yeah, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World did a lot for me as well because. Is, I, I see her in so many, you know, period fil- films and like movies that are that don't require her to play a contemporary person. And so, seeing a movie like that, I I really liked her performance in that film. And, and uh, yeah, in general, I do like her nightly. So there.
3: Okay. You you mentioned uh, Kate Blanchett and Helena Bonham Carter. How I about Kate Win- Kate s- Winslet? I said so, Kate Winslet. Yeah, she, you oh, you did. Kate. Okay. Yeah, I, didn't,
0: I, didn't. I like I like Kate Blanchett too. Um.
3: I could... Oh, you... So, okay. Yeah. So I, I miss her. All right. <laughs> all
0: right. But, oh, you, Galadriel.
3: You put those all... Would you put those all above Uh, Keira Knightley? I would, yeah. Okay.
0: And it's not... I mean, those I are
3: some pretty major actresses. They are. So and, are. And, and
0: again, it's not to, like, you know, to, 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 to be disingenuous to Keira Knightley as a person or an actress. It's just those are, like... Those are actresses that would come to mind first. And right, to, right. But, them.
3: like, if I was to say Kristen Stewart, you would probably put Keira Knightley above her. I would. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. What? Well, a- no, but to be fair, Abe has not seen any of the Twilight movies, and he's only seen Adventureland. So I think he has, a- and Panic Room. So I think he has a good place to come <laughs> from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think he Panic <laughs> <What? laughs> <laughs> Room So I think he has a pretty good place to come from, in part of Kristen Stewart performances and Snow White and Let's not forget that. I mean, she she stared. <laughs> forest- she stared no. down that forest. She stared down that that forest troll pretty hard. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With that master, Like mystical magic vision that she has as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so Mark, favorite movie facial hair go. <laughs> oh,
3: of anything?
0: Just favorite movie character that had plus like wild facial hair.
3: Uh, how about I'm gonna go real old school? I like I'm it. gonna say Edmund Gwen in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah. Oh. That's the guy who played Santa Claus I in the in the Natalie Wood version.
0: Putting that in the show notes now so people can see that.
3: People <laughs> we like who is he talking about? So, anyway, this is yeah. what show notes are
0: for people. If you guys just listen, is, if you guys just listen to these is, episodes and you don't like go to the show notes after you all these references we make we i make a whole list of show notes every week so you see pictures and whatever videos we reference in this show so you can be satisfied if you just go to no, iTunes. See, and get, that yeah.
3: that's why you have me on the show is because i can come up with these like like off the wall references of movies that like but i mean everybody's seen miracle on 34th street i think i mean you'd be surprised okay but yeah. anyway he was Santa Edmund Gwen. He was like the most perfect Santa that I've ever seen, and so I will go with him. It's
0: a good one. Cool. In terms of facial hair movies in general, it used to be True Grit was my favorite facial hair movie of all time, but um, Lincoln has since replaced that. There's a lot of crazy. Thank stuff. you.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that's I like the Lincoln choice actually. It's a good facial. It's a good facial that, hair movie. No, that's going to be one of those w- movies that goes down in history as like one of the great portrayals. Mark my words. That's that's one of the great ones.
0: Well, not just Lincoln in general, but I mean all the characters in that movie and the combination of beard have, and mustaches right? and, yeah. You know.
3: Oh, okay. No, oh. It's
0: Aaron Newworth. What? him <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned there. All right. Good thing you edit. Um, moving on.
3: Okay, my, my turn? Yes. Abe. Yeah. Director Joe Wright. He's done five movies Pride and Prejudice, Atonement, The Soloist, Hannah. Anna Karenina. Which is your favorite?
2: Uh, considering that I haven't seen like four of the five movies he's directed, three of I the think four of five
3: <laughs> Which one? And apparently, Hannah. Right. I, and you would pick, probably pick that too, huh, Aaron?
0: Yep. Easily. Although I really, I really like Atonement, though. That said, I really do like Atonement a lot. Actually, I would I still did. I would still pick Hannah, but I, I really do like Atonement. Like I gave it the same rating. I don't know. I think, but.
3: Yeah. Okay, and Abe, and uh, do you want to like go into like why you like Hannah so much?
2: Uh, probably because it's uh, it's an interesting story, and I think that it's done very well for having a child portray like a killer. Um, and I also really liked Eric Bana in that. And seriously,
3: Ronan, she's such she's really good in that film too. Yeah,
2: she's crazy good. Uh, and also, there were the elements of her. Being exposed—it's like a fish out of water story, or like you know some kind of. That and the, the the
0: fairy tale thing going on. The fights uh, are amazingly choreographed. The the, man, the, the fantastic <laughs> Chemical Brothers score, <laughs> like
3: yeah, I love the score.
0: So yeah, overall,
2: and plus you know you have, uh, Kate Blanchett going crazy with her teeth, and it's just <laughs> that was that was gross, <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd say Hannah,
0: that should be on the box. Kate like <laughs> goes crazy with her teeth, and it's... With like, their teeth, yeah. It's just like, like a-, a giant a- sonic hairbrush. Abe Mua, Out Now podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
0: okay. <that's> it. <laughs> I, I think that's everybody, correct? Except so. That's how we do know everybody. Moving on, let's get to Out Now Quickies. TM yeah. Out Now Quickies, this is where we talk about some films that we might not get to cover in a full review, because a lot of movies come out every week. So, um, Abe, do you have any quickies this week?
2: I haven't seen anything... That we have not talked about.
0: Okay, I have a couple. The first is Playing for Keeps. This is the Gerard Butler soccer mom rom com, <laughs> which has Gerard Butler playing a former soccer player turned soccer coach on with financial troubles and trying to get his, trying to win back his ex wife and the the good graces of his son and hilarity does not ensue because the movie is, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible movie. And I like Gerard Butler, but man, is he making some bad choices in terms of hilarious rom-coms that have people <laughs> embarrassing themselves. Like, every person in this movie overacts it, it, it to, like, a ridiculous degree. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Uma Thurman, Dennis Quaid, Judy Greer. Did you that the script, though? Uh, yes, I blame it on the script. It's not, it's not the actors no. themselves. Well, no, the I bl- no, 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 no. I blame it on the script because the script's already bad, and then the performances are worse because they try to make it work, and so you have Uma Thurman giving, like, a horrifically bad performance <laughs> next to Dennis, <laughs> next to Dennis Quaid as they try to, like, Aaron, run up each other and how bad they are.
3: Go on. What, Mark? I, what – so you say you like Gerard Butler. Do you like him just as a person you're talking about, or do you like the movies he does?
0: I, li- <laughs> I like. Because him. it's
3: hard. I mean, I, 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 I like will the, say. There I are like a couple.
0: The, I like the presence of him in general. Like, in, like even in this movie, like, he's not necessarily bad in it. He's just. Right. It, his, character, his character's an idiot. But, and he is. <laughs> his character really is an idiot. But, uh, um, the. I, I do. I think he's a charismatic screen presence. Not charismatic. I think he's a charismatic screen presence. And I do like
3: right, right. his presence. No, no, no. I movies. I no, certainly like
0: other movies that he's done. No,
3: I agree with you. He. 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 I think if. He ever like found the right film again? He would be good, but I, I I don't know. He needs to fire his agent, or he needs to like reassess like what he chooses as film scripts. He's not. I mean, he hasn't done very many good films.
0: It's this, yeah, it's this weird thing where like he does like three hundred, and like he's you know he's solid in that, but he has like he hasn't chosen other movies similar to that. Like he's only chosen right, right. rom coms. The same way like the. It, did the rundown and then he did all these like family movies and rom-com things that are just not good. And now he's
2: now, now like, he's romantic fin- romantic. Like, yeah, and now, and,
0: and now he's finally starting to get back into some action stuff. Yeah. And it's more fun to watch the rock again on screen. And that's what I hope Gerard, like Gerard brought, what you do? What 300 of like rock and roll up He's
3: sort of, he's sort of like the male. He's like the male Catherine yeah. Heigl. It's like, he Oof. is. Oof. I think so. I mean, he is likable, but I don't
0: know if he's as, as shunned as she is. But. I, well, because I don't find Katherine Heigl likable, so that's a, that's a difference. So,
3: especially, what you're saying is, not, not not is up, if thought you, thought you want
2: to, to see a movie me. where there's bad acting, not done badly, watch the FP.
0: <laughs> go. Got it. Thanks Once again, <laughs> Abe's found a way to plug the FP. Uh, I'm just going to stop there, playing for keeps. Uh, Mark, do you have a movie you like? Uh. uh
3: I mean, I I did see Holy Motors, which is a very kind of bizarre, arty movie, and uh, I wasn't crazy about it. I mean, it is audacious and it's interesting, but, I mean, it's... A lot of the reviews have talked about how it's, like, visually dazzling or it's, like, this really interesting-looking movie, but I almost feel like it's a movie about people who don't like movies because it's very depressing <laughs> it's a very sad film is it, and,
0: Do you fit it into like the category of melancholia
3: well yeah win, i mean didn't outright it, hate it's, the it's movie? more it's more unclassifiable than that but i mean it's essentially about this guy who goes from appointment to appointment in his limo and at each appointment he changes his appearance so he becomes sort of a different character So it's kind of about these different roles he plays. So it's kind of about the idea of making movies. But each vignette is so sad and so depressing and so ugly that it's sort of like it gave me a feeling of depression. So I don't know. I mean, I've read reviews that said they thought it was about, like, movies and, like, the love of movies. And, you know, the director is sort of like it's his riff on the idea of making movies. But – I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't get that. And I, I don't think it's deep at all. I mean I feel like I, I had the movie figured out, but I, I won't even go into it because it's one of those movies that you have to kinda see and decide for yourself and I think that's kind of what people like about the movie is that it's sort of the joy of discovery and it is unpredictable for sure. You you do not know what's gonna happen next and it it, it does kind of it it's not like a traditional narrative, but it's essentially like a series of like little tiny films all strung together and I just I not I didn't really I didn't warm up to it but you know I'm i'm I mean as far as critics are concerned I think I'm in the minority because it seems to have gotten a lot of acclaim but i it, it's not the kind of film that's gonna play to the masses it, it's it's pretty it's pretty like
0: Weird. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for it, and I do look forward to seeing it actually. But yeah, no, no, the, and the, certainly... the trailer
3: the trailer shows all the best parts. Like those are all kind of the interesting. I mean, there's one part where he plays this kind of like uh, like a leprechaun kind of character. and you sh- They show him eating flowers and stuff, and it's got Ava uh, Mendez in it. Um, and and that's probably one of the most interesting stories of the whole film but it it ends really horribly and then you're sort of left with like a feeling of sadness and then it goes on to that and Kylie Minogue is in it which is like bizarre too and then she <laughs> sings but like the singing is a really sad song and it's depressing so uh, it's, it's anyway I mean it's it's one of those so films is it <laughs> that, I mean it's not I, I don't think it's if if you're familiar with the films of David Lynch you know then it's it's not as good as that but it's that kind of film.
0: Uh oh, because I'm not a big Lynch
3: fan, so we'll see. Yeah, then I we'll, we'll see. I, I predict you might like it, but it, yeah, it's right. it's that kind of film. I mean, it's a it's a little Fellini esque, and but you know you you have to like sort of you have to go just go see it. It's it's a it's definitely interesting and weird, but it, I didn't I didn't walk out of the theater feeling like wow that was really an enjoyable time at the movies. <laughs>
0: All right, mm-hmm. so that is Holy Motors that Mark was talking about, and that is Holy that is yes. in a limited release now. Uh, let's get to our movie trailer talk. This is where we discuss a couple of latest movie trailers, and we got two this week. All right, the first one we're going to talk about trailer we're going to talk about is the Crudes. This is a new animated film that's coming from it's coming from DreamWorks with Fox. This is the first film I think I believe Rise of the Guardians was actually like the last Paramount released. DreamWorks animated film. This is going to be the first, the start of the Fox run with DreamWorks animated films. And, um, it's a pre, it's a prehistoric comedy in the vein of like Ice Age, I guess, except it involves cavemen, essentially, and uh, a family of cave, you know, people. Uh find their way out That'd of be politically of, correct. Yep, find their way yep. Find their way out <laughs> of gay people. Find their way it's like the, yeah. <laughs> they find their way out of the caves and into kind of a tropical jungle leaf <laughs> world and go on an adventure. And uh has the voices of Nick Cage, Ryan Reynolds, Emma Stone, Catherine Keener, Clark Duke, Cora's Leach. quite a cast actually. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Mark, what did you think of the trailer for The Crudes?
3: I mean, it looks like Brave, but with cavemen. So
0: like brave I don't know I
3: mean what's that like brave yeah it looks like brave it's like got a female protagonist um I mean she even kind of looks a little bit like does have red hair. yeah and she I mean she like the. i don't i the hair isn't quite as dazzling as Merida, but it's it's very similar um so i I have to say it didn't really charm me that much, and I can. Nicholas Cage's voice is so familiar; is so like it sticks out. I mean, I'm watching the trailer, and all I can see is Nicholas Cage. I gotta say, I didn't
0: realize it was Nick Cage. I just knew it was a familiar voice. I could not really I could not pin I the mean, name to the to the voice until I until I looked it up.
3: Okay, well, his voice is really familiar to me, so I kind of like my animated films to use voices where I don't know who the actor is, so I can kind of get lost in the. Fantasy of the care of the you know, animation, but in this case, I I was constantly aware of Nicolas Cage as that character. And I mean, while I enjoy Nicolas Cage, I just don't care for the fact that I kept getting taken out of the animated, you know, trailer. And I just kept thinking of him. I mean, I, you know, I thought Brave was fine. It's it's not my favorite animated film of this year, but it was it was decent. But this looks like Brave Redux. So I I wasn't really I, it didn't really charm me that much.
0: I, gotta say, I got to say, I had no brave thought at all during this movie, mainly because she has, like, a male protector guy with her, like, at all times. And, like, she's not really independent in this movie like Merida seemed to be.
3: It, I can't really tell. But from the trailer, it looked like she was the one that wanted to break out from the family, and she was the one that was the curious one, whereas the rest of the family was content to stay in the cave. So from that perspective, that's very much like Brave. Like, here's the female youngster who wants to kind of assert her own identity. So that's where the Brave kind of came from. Fair enough.
0: I, um, I, I, it looked fine to me. Like, it didn't look like a – it didn't give me that vibe of this is the animated film I need to see next year. But, like, it looked, you know, fun and colorful and stuff. Like, it, it, it has that kind of – looking at the cast, it has that kind of feel of a DreamWorks movie that's stock-loaded its – You know, cast with famous people as opposed to, you know, gifted voice actors. But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of in the hey, we'll see kind of mode. Abe, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in the hey, we'll see mode, too. It does look very colorful,
2: colorful, especially when they find the the new world. But as far as Nicolas Cage goes, I found it to be hilarious because people always freak out about Nicolas Cage movies. And I'm going to be really sad when I can't see the freak out moment of this movie and see Nicolas Cage's expression because. I'm going to be, like, dying because I'm pretty sure that they, they've edited it out for kids. But in the unedited Director's Cut version, I want to see that
0: freak out, even if he's a cartoon character. He's like, the bees! Where are the bees? What if it was just, like, Nick Cage was in live action and everything else was in animated? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> he's just talking around. He's walking around talking to the green screen.
2: And he's just, that would be fantastic. I would watch that and just, like, be super high on
0: life. Alright, well, The Cruise, thank you. The Cruise comes out March 22nd, 2013. The next trailer, which just broke today, is for Oblivion. And this is the new Tom Cruise film directed, I cannot think of the director. More things to cut.
2: That it's oh, uh, Joseph,
0: Joseph Krasinski? Joseph Krasinski. Krasinski okay, hold yeah. Alright, the next film we're going to talk about, trailer just broke today, it is the new Tom Cruise sci fi thriller action extravaganza, Oblivion, uh, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who previously directed the Tron Legacy film. And, um, yeah, this film, it basically takes place after Earth was been, has been ravaged by an, a war against a distant alien race, and Tom Cruise is trying to, like, fix the planet, and then he gets captured by, by sunglass-wearing Morgan Freeman. And uh, <laughs> from there, it looks like a... Tom Cruise as a soldier is going to have to save the Earth in some way or, or something or other. Uh, Abe, what do you think of this trailer? It uh,
2: kind of gave me a Wally vibe, especially in
0: the beginning. Later, I was just
2: like, oh, I guess this is a standard, you know, typical. I'll figure out the truth behind why the aliens invaded Earth, and the people that I thought were my friends aren't my friends. So Dual kinda... Pixar references, I like it. <laughs> so it's more, more of the same, I guess, but... Um... I don't know. It looks... I'm going to wait for for the trailers. Mark?
3: I mean, I liked uh, Tron Legacy, and that has the same director as you mentioned, but that movie really wasn't known for its storytelling. It was more of a visual thing. And this Oblivion, I don't know if... The story didn't really... I mean, from what I can tell from the trailer, it didn't really grab me a lot. I mean, there was one part where Morgan Freeman says in the trailer, "'Are you looking for the truth?' And I was almost expecting the next line to be, well, you can't handle the truth, but it was something else. <laughs> and so it was just sort of like, I just kept thinking of other things while I was watching the trailer, which is usually not a good sign. Um, I mean, it, it might be good, but, you know, it's it just looks, I was kind of like, meh. Yeah.
0: It looked expensive. That's what I took <laughs> yeah. away. I, I, I will say I'm intrigued by it just because, like, hey, that's, I, I like desolate earth movies. Why not? But uh, and I do like the Wally reference because that was one of the things I did think of actually too when I was watching the show. It's like it was like Wally for for the PG thirteen action guy crowd. And, so, yeah, uh, it's like a live action Wally. So, um, but I mean, I like I, I like Tom Cruise action-y films in general. Like he seems to know what he's doing. And you know, Morgan Freeman wearing dark glasses as if he's trying to like take in like some Book of Eli or something. Like I. I, I <laughs> I, I I was into the the trailer enough. I'm like, oh, let's see what you got when when this movie comes out. Oh, I'm curious enough. I was happy that it wasn't in 3D. I like, I don't think I believe I didn't see a tag that said 3D. It just said in theaters and IMAX. And so, oh, that's coming later. <laughs> when they decided to convert it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this February we decided to convert Oblivion to 3D. But well, I mean, given that Tron Legacy was shot in 3D, and you know, Joseph Kaczynski seems to have an in with 3D already, I was I was surprised actually that the you know that this wasn't a 3D movie, so... But, yeah, uh, I'm more eager to see this than The Croods, I guess, in terms of trailers we talked about this week.
3: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, would say, I would assert that same thing. Yeah,
0: but I know next week when we talk about The Hobbit and, you know, the 18 bazillion trailers that debut with The Hobbit come out, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. But, um, for now, Oblivion, I'm fine with, to an extent. So, that arrives in theaters April 19th, 2013. So, yeah, let's, uh... Let's move into our our film review then. Let's get on done trailers. Let's get to our film review for Anna Karenina.
4: I must warn you about something. Warn me. You may, by indiscretion, give the world occasion to talk about you.
1: This must stop. If you have any thought for me, you will give me back my peace.
3: There can be no peace for
4: us, only misery, my no greatest happiness. Oh,
1: it's love.
4: We are bound together by God, and this can only be broken by a crime against God.
1: Something's happened. Not something, everything.
5: It would be a sin to help you destroy yourself. Sensual desire indulged for its own sake is the misuse of something sacred.
4: The man who can't govern his wife's gone as far as he can go in government.
3: Anna is a crime? but she broke the rules. Leave. Leave my life. She'll be ruined.
5: Do you think I would let you have my son? You are depraved. A woman without honor. And this is what you want. Do you know what you want?
0: Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Anna Karenina. <laughs> 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 this is the new film directed by Joe Wright, which we've mentioned already. which stars Keira Knightley as Anna Karenina, a wealthy, married aristocrat in uh, what midnight late nineteenth century Russia. Um, yeah, and uh, she is going into she went into Moscow or Saint Petersburg. She's from Saint Petersburg. She's she, she's from Saint Petersburg. From Saint Petersburg. From Saint Petersburg. She's from yeah. She's going to Moscow. Yeah. yeah, for some business, and um, she, she's a uh, while she's currently married to a high society figure played by Jude Law, she develops an attraction to another person, a, named Vronsky, who's played by, uh, Aaron Johnson, and they, for, they start to have a, a bit of an affair. And high society doesn't look highly on these two having this sort of relationship. And much drama ensues. That's all I have for the plot description of Anna Karenina. I guess, Mark Hovind, what did you think of Anna Karenina?
3: Well, so, you know, we're dramatizing a classic of Russian literature. This is uh, Leo Tolstoy uh, wrote this novel. And it's been dramatized on the um, in films uh, several times. And uh, I think the, the 1935 version with Greta Garbo is probably the most famous, but that was an awfully long time ago. And, you know, how do you make a text like this fresh and new for a modern audience? And I think that Director Joe Wright did a brilliant job of taking this sort of old text and sort of revitalizing it in this sort of singular vision that he has. I mean, he's essentially filmed the virtual entirety of the entire film on a soundstage in an old abandoned theater. And that kind of sounds like a bad idea. And, you know, you'd think that would be really severely limiting in being able to dramatize this really dramatic story but i thought like the way that he does it it is sort of a set designer's dream i mean there's like colors costumes the cinematography the way that it's um it sort of plays out um is really brilliant and i mean i can get into sort of some of the scenes and stuff that i really liked a lot but i mean there were moments in this film that i literally like almost like held my breath i thought that the the, the way that it was dramatized was is, was so impressive. And then um, the uh, composer, Dario Marinelli, composed the score, and I think the score is beautiful. And the way that it, we kind of mentioned this in our uh, questions, but the way that the music complements the visuals, I think really it really served the drama. And this actually has the style of this film is so impressive that I haven't seen probably visuals this impressive since films of the past like Black Narcissus or The Red Shoes. And that's not praise that I bestow lightly. I realize that those are kind of like classics of like, the film world. And I think this is one of those films um, that visually kind of meets those films. And dramatically, I think there are some sort of style choices that, again, we can probably get into it that are a little bit different than maybe how the original book was portrayed. But overall, I I really enjoyed this film, and I I enjoyed what director Joe Wright, kind of, his envisioning of this novel.
2: Gabe? Uh, I thought that visually is very pleasing as well, and I I always enjoyed Joe Wright's incorporation of music as, you know, the Atonement typewriter and Hannah just going through the shadows and stuff like that. But I thought the movie was really boring. I I found it the first 30, 40 minutes to be pretty intriguing with, you know, the way that everything is set up. You know, the ballroom dance scenes were spectacular. Uh, Again, I agree with Mark that the art designer and the visual designer must have had a field day. It was fantastic. And it's very creative. It's very well crafted. Um, The movie revolves around what Mark had said, which is just uh, a stage. And, um, you know, it's it's very creative in the way that Joe Wright makes train sequences, makes, you know, people entering different areas. He kind of gives you a different feel. You know, if you go up into the rafters, that's kind of the streets of... St. Petersburg and whatever else. But, again, it it feels longer than the two hours that it is. Um, And I think that's primarily because I have never read the book myself, but I would think that it would be a chore to read the book uh, written by Leo Tolstoy. I'm sure it's great Russian literature, but um, just, yeah, after a while, I was just thinking to myself, yeah, what's going on here, guys? Let's close this up. Let's wrap it up. And it takes a while for it to do that. Uh, So, overall, it was... It was cinematically very beautiful and very visual. Uh, the visuals were nice to look at, but oh, I, I wouldn't really recommend this to anybody unless they were, like, a huge literary nut.
0: Now, Abe, you've, you've said a lot of silly things in the past. And yes. um, I, I've often just not plain, plain flat-out disagreed with you on things. <laughs> because oftentimes you are wrong. I mean, there's no way around. Whoa, whoa. But, Uh-oh. um today, you've completely redeemed yourself, because yes. I, I kind of agree with everything you just said. I'm, yes. Uh, uh, I had a real tough time engaging myself in this film, and I really wanted to, because I do like Joe Wright, and I do like his work with Kira, his work with Kieran Knightley, and I do think Knightley is quite good in this movie. I think a lot of people are quite good in this movie. I'll talk about who I don't think is quite good in this movie in a second, when we get into it more, but I had a tough time engaging with the characters and the story. I feel like there was... I feel like this really is a case of style over substance, and I don't. I I wish it wasn't that way, but that's really the impression I took away. I think it's a fantastic production. I love the idea of placing it inside one theater. It's a really cool, ambitious idea for a film like this, of having it in one location and having it shot that way, with, you know, exception of a few scenes where you're expanding outwards. But the production design, the costumes, the music, again, like all these things are fantastic, yet I was it did feel like twice as long as it needed to be. And I just, I, I had a really tough time getting involved in with how the, things are being presented beyond just the, the, flash of the visuals.
3: So like one of the things that I really, I mean, it is Leo Tolstoy's text. Mm-hmm. So right. if, and it's, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. So to say it's style over substance, I mean, we are dramatizing their, this novel. So, I mean, I don't know if you – it's possible you don't like Leo, Tolst- Leo Tolstoy's novel. Right. But it – I mean, I thought it, 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 it does dramatize her infidelity. It also dramatizes her brother who is also – you know is not uh, true to his wife. And it, it contrasts those two stories and how the way people react to his story – and then the way people react to her and the hypocrisy of that—I mean, I thought there was depth to I, it. I feel, ex- yeah. I ex- mean,
2: I, I totally, I totally don't disagree with that. I mean, there was the whole entire contrast between those two, uh, the siblings and the high society stakes versus like you know the dude over in Moscow. But right. and I have no problem with this story. I was just like, this is really long, and this is I, just really taking me I, out of the movie. I definitely,
0: I acknowledge that it. It has those things in it, but I don't think the film made it compelling to me. I feel like it glossed over certain aspects to make these characters to make me involved with these characters. But I feel like it just addressed the fact that these things were happening, and hey, we can relate to these things because this thing's happening to these people and these things happening to these people. But it didn't it didn't draw me in further to really get get in line with what the what character motivations are. Like I just I wasn't I wasn't involved in the way I would have liked to be. And I would say it's not the story like I. I've seen the I've seen the Greta Garbo version. I like. I feel like I I like that version. I know.
3: Right, right. I feel like
0: I'm more invested in, in that in. And that's that, a and get
3: that's a good better job. And, I think. and that's totally fair. That's I mean right. That and also to be honest, I haven't read the original text, hmm. so that's probably going to color my my enjoyment because if you have read the text, you may be looking for certain things that you expect in the movie that aren't there. And from what I understand. To be honest, I will admit that Kira Knightley is not the most likable heroine in this. Oh no. She actually—I I was watching her, feeling like, "Oh my gosh, you really are cheating. You're—you're you're not so great." And I actually felt sorry for Jude Law. I think he right, seems yeah, like too. He yeah. seems like a pretty yeah. likable guy.
5: I have to tell you. Yes. I have to tell you, you behaved improperly today.
1: How is that?
2: By making plain your feeling when. One of the riders fell. Your conduct was improper. It must not occur again. I have said it before.
4: You will say my concern is unnecessary and ridiculous. You are my wife.
2: I'm wrong to think that.
3: Yes. Perhaps I was mistaken. No. And I don't think that's the feeling you're supposed to get from the original novel. I think you're supposed to feel like, oh my gosh, the hypocrisy. She's doing the same thing as her brother, but yet she's being chastised, and her brother was not. Well, I
0: think it's supposed perhaps. to be more. Sh- I think it's supposed to be more shrouded in gray, and that's kind of the issue I had. Like I, I...
3: perhaps, but I, it didn't. That didn't bother me though. I mean, I. I it's true. I, I didn't sympathize with Kira Knightley as much, and I did sympathize with Jude Law. And I do think that Jude Law is. I, and I. I I will say, I do think that Keira Knightley is good in the role, but I I don't think you sympathize with her as much as maybe you're supposed to. And I did like Jude Law a lot.
2: Uh, Yeah, going into the theme of that, I I, I like Jude Law in this film, and I like the, the stance that his character takes, which is, He's virtuous to both his family and to his oh, occupation. And
3: we, and we should clarify just to people who we may have not been specific. Jula plays Kareninen, who is supposed to be her stodgy husband. Mm-hmm. He is not playing the romantic
5: yeah, he, man he's, that he's, he's she calls up,
3: which is kind of an interesting uh, choice. Because you would, I mean, I don't know if, if it's just that Jude Law is getting older or if maybe he decided, no, I'm going to kind of change it up a bit and, and, you know, play this role. But that's kind of an interesting choice for him to play that guy. Which
0: is something I find interesting because I think if Jude Law, if this was like 10 years ago, if this was like... Like, right, right. Like it's talented, ago, like talented right. Mr. Ripley, Jude Law. He could have nailed the role that Aaron Johnson's supposed to play. Right, right. Because right. Aaron Johnson was my main problem with, with the other. Right, problem right. I, I, had I knew,
3: I knew when you said you had a problem with one of the roles. <laughs> and again, well, Again,
0: well, again and, uh, this is the second time this year that I have like kicked-ass at something. But I, he,
3: no, he's, he's unrecognizable to me. I mean, I cannot believe that that was the same guy. I, I mean, I, I don't I, know if,
0: kudos to him for having a great makeup department, be able to make him look different <laughs> in every role he's in. But and, and, and Savages, was and Spanish, yeah, yeah, also. That's the, other, that's the other film we're referring to, but I mean, I like him as Kick-Ass, and I like him as John Lennon and Nowhere Boy. That's a good movie. I like him in a lot, but this movie, this movie, like, he's supposed to be this guy that's basically desirable everybody, and I... I don't see that in him. I don't see that charisma. And he just to me. He looked, he, his look in this movie, he looked like eighties, Nick cage. Like he had this weird hair <laughs> thing going. The, Arizona Arizona the cage, Arizona yes. Nick cage, Like that's yeah. what I was getting. And so it's just distracting me. And I know it's not like, I, I'm, I'm watching Kier Knightley pine over this guy as well as, uh, what's her name? Alicia DeCander's character, who's also quite good. Alicia DeCander's character as the, um, as Kitty? As Kitty, yes, yeah, Princess Kitty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I liked her quite as well, but like...
3: Oh, and we also have to mention Dom Hall Gleason, who is the guy that plays the socially awkward yes, guy, that the courtster. I, I like that movie. I like He's It's great. No, I'm telling you, that it's when you say style over substance, I'm thinking it's not, because there are all these other things that are well, going I mean, on. It's contrasting yeah, I, these different stories. Yeah, and that's about the... the I'm the, saying... That's they, it just, that
2: Dom there's, Hall Gleason. There's so much about that true love stuff, and there's so much about, you know, these characters, and they develop them very well. It's just, it's just really boring when you see the whole entire context of it. It's like, oh, I'm doing it for love, he's doing it for love. You don't know what love is. It's well, that's like, okay, I'm, I get it, I get it. I get what love does to you.
4: That's what
0: I'm
2: referring to. Let's just end the movie. That's what I'm
4: referring to as style. Well, love was never a game to us. Here's an end to living in corners. Existing day to day on lies. Yes.
1: How can we, Alexei?
4: Tell and everything.
1: Do you think my husband will make you a present of me? Leave him. Leave him and be your mistress?
4: Yes.
3: Run away.
1: I would never see my son again. The laws are made by husbands and fathers. What then?
4: I'll never forgive myself for your unhappiness.
1: Unhappiness? I'm like a starving beggar who's been given food. I unhappy. No, this is my happiness.
0: In terms of how I'm saying style over substance, I'm not saying the movies. The intent was to be pure style, and here's the. Su- I'm saying that I feel like I got a better impression of the of the style in this movie because it's very much there, and the substance didn't feel like it was there for me.
3: Mm-hmm. But you know I, I like okay so let's talk a little bit about the, some of the style things. Okay. I like that scene where they're, they're ballroom dancing and the people are frozen in time right. and then as they come up I mean it's very it's I very artificial. Like it's very artificial. And and that's the point. It's it's all on a stage, and they make no bones about the fact that they are on a stage. And they dance up to the people, and they're frozen in time. And then as they pass by them, then they begin to move. But I I kind of oh there's another scene too where they're walking with these clerks, and they're sitting in a room, and they're like stamping their like stamps, and it's almost like the beat of the stamp is like music. Which is but strange. I like I liked all of those scenes. I mean I kind of like oh, I like, I like the, this
0: I like those things too. Those and and like the stamping like it's just those things. They happen and they're like, Yeah, that's that's the movie I want I was <laughs> I was watching the movie and that's yeah, that's like the first 30, 40 minutes that Abe was talking about where I'm like, I'm kinda of, I'm engaged with it, I'm liking the style, exactly. I'm seeing where these characters are going and I'm like, Alright, this is turning into something cool and then it just kind of kept going without me exactly. getting further engaged with what's going on. But so- now that I mean there was a certain point where I was like, Oh, this is
2: this is a perfect ending to the film. It's where it seems like there's a climax here with uh, three char- the three characters, three main leads, and then it goes on for like another Forty minutes at least, and I was just thinking to myself, this is this is really long. This is this is something that's really taking me out of this movie, enjoyment of this movie, because you can only play up that that visual and stylistic sense so long until but it, is, it fades to it nothing. It is,
3: it is Leo Tolstoy's novel, so I again, mean, okay, yeah, again, I, I don't. think some fault extent, it. may, yeah, it's, to some extent, you may be having the problem with the actual story, the actual. Yeah, the actual text of
2: the Tolstoy. story. Again, right. I, I think that it'd be a chore to read it. If I was assigned to it in an English class in college, well, uh, I probably would have like this book.
3: <laughs> right, and that's another thing that I kind of give director Joe Wright credit for, is he's taken a novel that's quite long and ponderous, and kind of condensed it down to a manageable two-hour length. I mean, it's barely over two hours, and right. th- that's not easy to do, And and You know, in in your case, you guys didn't really respond to it as much because you weren't. You thought it was a little bit more just visual. But I I did. I I actually thought like he did a good job of condensing this thing. And again, I'm not saying this is the definitive Anna Karenina. I mean, there there have been lots of versions of it. But I thought that in this day and age, you know, we're in 2012, and you you're doing a novel that has been around forever. It I think he actually took his vision and did a really good job of like bringing something new and fresh to it. Certain, I guess I, I appreciated that. He
0: certainly gets yeah. he gets credit for me for de- taking a Tolstoy novel and making it into a just over two hour film. That's for sure. And like, it, yeah. And like, I didn't walk into the film thinking, Oh man, Joe Wright's really going to make this a entertaining laugh, or riot Or anything like that. I knew the story I was getting into. It is, you know, it right. is a, it is a, an 18, a 19th century Russian novel. It is going to be very doom and gloomy, but I, 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 well, yeah, yeah, and full of eyesight. But, like, I can't give credit to the movie for not being more boring than I thought it was <laughs> at the same time. I'm not, I mean, yeah, I'm playing light with that, but, I mean, it. it's still, it, it's not necessarily the story. Just, again, I've seen another version of the story, and I did like that version a lot more, but, I mean, it It, it just, this, this movie didn't connect with me in the way I wish it could have, and there's so much here that I like about it that I really wish it did, because then I'd be able to appreciate it on the whole more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, I mean, yeah. In terms of
2: the acting, everybody was pretty funny. I even even Keira Knightley's, you know, her on-screen brother. Even though he's this huge philanderer, it's just he's a funny guy.
3: Yeah, yeah. So no, he acting, was great. Acting,
2: yeah, overall acting was pretty good.
3: Yeah. And Kelly McDonald like, as uh, yeah, it's, just it's great. Crazy. There's a great cast
0: here. I really like the cat. Like Kelly, yeah, like it's not like yeah. Like, I'm certainly not shunning the movie horribly. Like I, I think there's still plenty to admire, and I'm sure other people will appreciate this movie more than I have. Like it's not like I'm saying forget about this movie, but I, I, I'm just. I would not recommend. I'm not the one that's going to be saying you should reach out to see Anna Karenina, but I will be happy to praise many aspects about it. And yeah, you do. Sure. There is a great cast here. There's a lot of great production value. great costumes. If if Les Mis wasn't coming out, I'm sure this would hands down win best production
2: design and <laughs> costumes.
3: not about that too. I was like, I wonder if
2: the release date is like. Oh, I can't believe we grew up against lay Mis, man.
3: <laughs> I I really another thing too is, I really like. Kira Knightley and period pieces. Like I feel like those two things go together perfectly. So, like I, I'm not sure how much how I feel about Kira Knightley in modern. I ha, I haven't seen Seeking a Friend for the End of the World yet. So the, the one example. <laughs> uh, she was in uh, Bend It Like Beckham too. That's more modern.
2: Okay, that's but, what, yeah, well, that one was cool because you know.
3: Right, but I I really do like like the Duchess and Atonement and. Um, Pride and Prejudice, I really do like her in these kind of roles, and she I feel like she does have this quality to her that almost suits any age she she 's able to play these like women of the past convincingly, and she doesn 't seem like an anachronism that like you know some actresses might not be able to portray um, right. but anyway uh, no, so i I probably was already walking into this film, kind of already ready to love it. But the thing is, it had high. I had high expectations, and it met them for me. I really, I really loved it.
0: Well I mean, I, I, I also yeah. appreciate Pride and Prejudice and, and Atonement. I've already said I really love Atonement quite a bit. Like I'm, I, I'm two for two with Joe Wright, uh, Keira Knightley movies. So like I, I wasn't walking into this thinking, oh, I don't know about this. Like I was. I'm, I've already. <laughs> Hannah was one of my big. I mean, it's not obviously not like Hannah, but a, a previous Joe Wright film was one of my favorite movies of that year. Like so it was Atonement for whenever. What, right, right. That you, came out like, like the director, yeah? So, right like I, I was certainly going into it expect, not necessarily expecting, but hoping I would really like it. And again, again I, I didn't come away with that. But I do appreciate lots about it. And like, so I, well wishes to wherever they do next. Right. And I, yeah. and I, I, I'm curious to see if he continues to work with Kurt Knightley on some other future project, whether it be a period film or not. But I mean, yeah, this one just didn't get to me as much as I would have liked it to. Pretty much there. I guess we're gonna get to our, <laughs> our rating. Any, any, <laughs> any, other, any other thoughts before we? All right, let's, okay. Let's get to our rating of the film. Then each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we try to rate films based on when we think when we think you should go and see them. And our scale for that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. Uh, Mark, what would you? Where would you put it on that scale?
3: I give it IMAX. I really I liked it a lot. Abe,
0: I'd say uh, Netflix.
3: So low. <laughs> it's
2: it's not as low as HBO or regular TV.
3: You have <laughs> to admit, it, though, the production it, design is no, not yeah, going to be served I, on a little not, screen.
2: Uh, not disagreeing with you. It's it's beautiful and stuff like that. But it's just again, if you're going to spend two hours watching this movie and you're not into it after the 45th minute, you're going to waste your time at the theater. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to call it a waste. I am going to agree with you that I, I would give it a Netflix rating. But I do think there's a lot to appreciate in watching the movie. So certainly certainly a high-definition Netflix viewing would do this so film well. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. So that's our review for Anna Karenina. Let's do a little movie callback.
2: Callback, callback, callback.
0: <laughs> and this is where we discuss a few films that may have related in some way to the main feature of the week and that we might have thought of during or after watching Anna Karenina. Uh, Mark, any movies come to mind?
3: Well, I mean, I kind of mentioned it when I was describing it, but there are a couple movies that uh, uh, Michael Powell and Pressburger yeah. did, and one was Black Narcissus and one was The Red Shoes. And if you've ever seen those movies, they're really, cinema- like, the cinematography is gorgeous. And, um, in fact, The Red Shoes even has this segment in the middle of the film where they they do this dance and it's kind of, like, it has this sort of fantasy element to it. And I kind of felt like Anna Karenina had this sort of fantasy element to it because they were performing this on a stage, but yet they were really living their lives, but you weren't supposed to think they were on the stage, and um, it was very theatrical. I mean, it's got a hyper-realized treatment that is sort of unlike – I mean, it, there probably are other movies like this, but it, it's, def, it's definitely different. And I sort of appreciated that about the film.
0: Yeah, the red shoes actually came to mind immediately as I was watching that ballet sequence or ballet, the dance sequence, which it just reminded me. And I was like, "This is, this is so." I, I do, I do admire the the movies, the aesthetic of having it set in a the theater. I really, I think that's a really interesting idea of how to have done mm-hmm. a Karenina*. And I do approve, mm-hmm. I do admire that that you know that exists somewhere in a movie. Like that was cool. And yeah, so the red shoes did come to mind quite a bit. A came to mind just because I was thinking, Joe Red Ker Knightley.
3: Right, and right. Uh,
0: Shakespeare and Love came to mind as well. Oh, interesting.
3: Sure, yeah.
0: Uh, I thought of uh, Baron the Adventures of Baron
2: von Munchausen. Nice choice. So, I like that <laughs> uh, because of the the quirkiness of it. Amelie too, because of the quirkiness. Moulin Rouge, because if they had started singing, anne I would have been like, "Wow,
0: this is nice." You see, there was a point where I almost because of just the way certain things were. Exactly. Between, I was really waiting for like Matthew McFadden at the beginning to just, like start singing and start singing. Like, like, voice. Yes. <laughs> And
2: I would have been cool with that. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Sweetie Todd, apparently uh, because I wanted him to slash everybody's throat. I I, I
3: love how all of your movie references are good movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, and but, this one isn't. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm saying that no, it's just for I, a particular
2: okay. set of groups of of film viewers.
3: But so if people asked, should I go see this? What would your answer be? I would
2: say you know if if you love literature and you love you know whatever else. Yeah, you could. But otherwise, pieces. yeah. If you if you love pure pieces, yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not gonna say, oh, stay away from it. It's trash. It's not trash at all. It's it's very beautifully made. It's just more. Right, okay.
0: of, it's no It's F- very niche. F- it's no FP. Right. Abe? <laughs> I, I recommend it to everybody I see. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Let's get to the right now. now. Let's go. Let's get to the box office. Each week we go over the box office totals and find out if. Well, we didn't have any previous week's predictions, but we'll, we'll you know. Actually, what would we say? Do we even do we, do we even try? I don't think we even I tried. I think that we've just all predicted that Twilight would be first or
2: Link would over surpass it. Oh,
3: correct. I knew, I knew that. Yeah, uh, Skyfall. It, Skyfall, you know, Skyfall was trending already to yeah. be number one. So number oh, one this week. Like, uh, Skyfall.
0: Yeah, Skyfall was number one this week uh, with 11 million est- estimates right now. But Rise of the Guardians was close behind in second place, even though it's still kind of a flop compared to other animated films. Uh, Twilight. Third place, 9 million, 9.2. Lincoln right behind it with 9.1. These things could change, actually. So, you know, one of these, one could be number one. Skyfall will probably end up being number one still, but, you know, these things hardly matter. They're making money. Good for them. Life of yeah. five, fifth Pi, fifth place. Playing for Keeps in its debut week came out in sixth place with 6000000 Uh million. Wreck-It Ralph out there. Red Dawn for some reason is making money. Flight out there killing them softly. Unfortunately, oh. <laughs> unfortunately, didn't get that that twenty million dollar bump we were expecting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what I would say. I would say you can go see this film if you want, but go see Killing Them Softly instead.
0: Mark, have you seen Killing Them Softly yet? I have not. It's it's quite good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly if you're in a nihilistic mood. And uh, let's see, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, Still not in a lot of not not a whole lot of theaters, so that's you know something, but yeah, it's still it's like right outside the top ten. Anna Karenina is right behind it actually. So both of them are around the same amount of theaters. Uh so yeah, there's the uh, the old box office. Let's uh hmm, what time is it?
2: I think it's time for some jolly old games.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. That's like Russian ballet, beautiful. I
2: Can
3: I get that on CD? Yeah, well, Abe, Abe,
0: Abe, Abe, parses out all of these game recordings that I make. So we're gonna make a special out now soundtrack. We should now. have like a
3: fifty-five. <laughs> with all of that, that'd be so guys. much work. You
0: know, I do have a playlist of all the music that we use. It's pretty cool. Like just putting that on, putting that on shuffle and just getting to like a track from Lincoln and to like right. a track from Paranorman. It's like what's happening. Um, <laughs> That's my own iTunes playlist. Yes, it is time for games. And um, I have a whole new game this week, which I'm excited to play with you guys. It's called, yeah, it's called Anna Kerwenena. <laughs> and um, Anna Kerwenina. And uh, question mark. So this game involves basically I've looked, I, I cleverly searched the name Anna in movies in general. And so I have a list of movies here, all that have a character named Anna in them. So I'm going to give you the year and a few clues, and you have to figure out what movie I'm referring to. Okay. Got it? Okay. So I got, like, nine of these. So here we go. Here's the first one. 1974. This is a film that's been remade recently, fairly recently, and it had a hairless co-star next to a character named Anna. Mm. 1974. Anna and the King. It is not Anna and the King, because... The it's King and I. The King and I is the correct answer. <laughs> All right, here, here's the next well, one. And what was the
3: 1974 movie?
0: The King and I. The King and I. And and then there was the Anna and the King. Was the, was
3: which? With, which? Uh, the King and I?
0: The King and I. Yeah. Ewell yeah. Brenner. Ewell Brenner, yeah.
3: 1974?
0: I'm pretty sure it 1974, i
3: the King and I is from, like, 1956.
0: 56, my bad. That's, I, uh, that's I what through Mark, Mark I wrote it backwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it backwards. <laughs> that's, that's what adds up. There's no six in there. I know. Why did I have 75? I was busted and looking at something else. I was All right, next one.
3: That totally threw me off.
0: Sorry. I'm like...
3: <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I have to keep about get it on the board. So here we go. Now, here's the next one. This is a film from the year 2000. The character named Anna is played by a young Oscar winner. There is an ensemble cast in this movie, and it had many sequels. Mm. 2000.
2: 2000 with Oscar winner. A young
0: Oscar winner played the character named Anna, although the name Anna is not used for this character. Huh, interesting. Many sequels. Ensemble cast.
3: Scary movie?
0: Not scary movie.
3: Okay.
0: Character The character in the movie is Damien. Um, oh.
2: Yes. Uh I want to say... Ugh, got I it. don't know. Pass.
0: The movie is X-Men. Anna Paquin? Anna, uh. But Anna Marie is Rogue's real name in that actually I didn't think of Anna <laughs> I didn't think of her <laughs> <the laughs> acting. I didn't think of the actress name being Anna as well. I was like, okay, that's a good one. That's a tough one. Here, here's, 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 here's the next one. 1965. This film is an epic. It has a relatable location to Anna Karenina. And it co-stars Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anastasia. I don't
3: know. Oh, uh. Right.
0: But you might have it, Doctor Zhivago. Doctor Zhivago is the answer. Woo! Both on the board. <laughs> Here's the next film. 1991. The Anna in this film is the daughter of a character playing. The character is a psychiatrist. This Anna character enjoys the patient more than the psychiatrist character. Yeah. And- <laughs> Last clue is baby steps. Liquid Sucking 2. I didn't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. Lifeline please.
3: And the char- there's a character in the movie named Anna. There's a
0: character named Anna who is the daughter of a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist has a patient that the daughter enjoys being around more than said than her father. What about Bob? What about Bob is the correct answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, this next film is from 1999. It is a very English film. It is a romantic comedy. And it features Dr. Kurt Connors. Holy crap.
2: Dr. Kurt Connors. Very English film. Hmm. What would Risa Fons be in
0: that's very English? See, you're on the right track. Nineteen ninety nine. Something about some. A romantic comedy.
2: Romantic comedy, ninety nine.
0: Very is that, uh, English. Is it?
2: Wait, when did Love Actually come out?
0: You're on the right
3: track. Ah! Notting Hill. It is Notting Hill.
2: That is the ah, answer. Oh, well, the
3: weird neighbor. Thank you, Abe. Okay. You're,
0: You're welcome. welcome. I,
3: you know, our attention isn't. gave it to me, but I it believe grew, it's his. Kind of... Isn't he his
0: roommate? Yeah, he's his roommate, he's like, his the quirky flat- Sorry, sorry, his flatmate. He's so good. Right. so yeah. good. Alright, <laughs> here we go. 1985. Which film is this? Oh, I didn't write the film name next to this question, so I was like, well,
2: You just... <laughs> we <would> prep before <laughs> every show,
0: don't worry, yes. I have this little <laughs> game prepped out, no, okay. This film, 1985, it is part of a trilogy. It involves someone who... Back hun- to the Future? No, it involves someone who runs a very specific town, and a constant theme in this film is one goes in, two go, sorry, two go in, one come out. What? 1985?
3: 1985. Mm-hmm. Part of a trilogy.
0: That's the future is
3: 1985.
0: What is it? <laughs> <laughs> one goes in, two come out, or one two go, go in. Out. One comes out. Someone uh, uh, runs a specific town. I don't know what that is. Art wait, wait, a trilogy. This, is, this is a series? It's part of a trilogy. Oh, a trilogy. Okay, so it can't be a Gremlins. <laughs> I don't know, Lifeline. Um, the lead actor in this trilogy starred in another franchise, which set four entries in it. Holy crap. I don't know, pass. The, the lead The lead actor of this film is from the location that this film series is set in, which is below... Which is in the Southern Hemisphere. Down, uh, uh, down Under, perhaps.
1: Oh, Crocodile Dundee! No. I, I'm sure... <laughs>
3: the, film,
0: yeah, it's the film is Mad Max Beyond Thunder.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> Master uh, Blaster runs Barter Town. Two go... I think Crocodile Dundee, Dundee better. Two go in, one come out.
3: Right, right.
0: Okay. This Australian, is Australian,
3: that makes sense. Yep.
0: This next film is from 1998.
3: So it was the end of the trilogy. I was thinking beginning.
0: Oh, that's I said part of the trilogy. You,
3: you, 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 no, you're right. I just...
0: Never assume with my games. That's the key, I <laughs> guess. Here we go. Next one. 1998. This is a new entry in a very old series. It involves a masked vigilante. And it features the classic case of white actors playing different ethnicities. What? <laughs> classic case. <laughs> 1998, Masked Vigilante, new entry uh, in an old series.
3: The uh, Mask of Zorro. Is the
0: Mask of Zorro? That is correct. <laughs> it was too overtaken by laughter to answer that question properly. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all like the terrible movies in the history of time when. Oh, gosh, white actors playing. Here we go. Here's the next one. Oh, okay. 2011, so very recent. It is a biopic. Just to reiterate the game, these all these movies do have characters that have a character named Anna in them.
3: That's not helping.
0: It's, not, it's not really.
3: I realized... In fact, after even hear that, I'm like, who was called Anna in, in these different movies? <laughs> I, I don't I, know. I realized
0: that about like three entries in that I did not have enough memorable Anna characters to carry this game on. But I, <laughs> I, I said, screw it. I'm going to keep this going. Because <laughs> I really like the title Anna Kerwenina. Anyway. Ker- <laughs> Night 2001. Biopic. A lot of makeup was used in this film. And it's based on an American figure. Say so 2001? thousand and one. Two thousand eleven. Okay. Biopic.
2: A lot of makeup was used in this character.
3: Uh... Oh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, is it a, a woman? Uh, the Iron Lady?
0: It is not the Iron Lady. No. Oh, okay. America Base was the last clue. The what? It was what again? America Base. An American. America, an America an Base. J, J. Edgar. It is J. Edgar. That is the correct answer. Yes. Aid, you did not get that. Too, I'm not
3: sure too bad. By all not, I'm
0: just saying yes because that's hopefully the end of the game. It is not because there's, 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 there's one more. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> it's like it's like a, the review where you say my favorite part of the movie is when it was over. Aaron, this is ex- yeah, exactly this is exactly like Anna Karenina. It just doesn't end.
0: <laughs> more like Anna Karenina. Is it going to end? 2006. Infamous director, not a well-regarded film. In wait, wait, What? what's the year? 2006, an infamous director, not a well-regarded film, and it involves an apartment super. Um, an apartment super? Oh, wow. It feels like I, I've seen this movie. <laughs> These are the movies that Abe goes to see. Yeah. <laughs> apartment super movies. And I guess... Like, wait, is there somebody doing a maintenance on a, on a room at some point in this movie? i be there. An apartment
2: super... Anna,
0: two thousand and six. So the Anna part really is the most. Yeah, I don't things. think that's gonna help. In this <laughs> director, not a well-regarded film involves an apartment, an apartment, and an apartment super. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I want to ask. It features a, a character played by a filmmaker. Oh wait, no, no, oh no! I, I was gonna say hi to
2: Tom Machine, but I was like. 2011. No. A character who is a filmmaker. It fe- 2000- no, it features a character played by a filmmaker. Okay. 2006. Oh, man. An apartment super. That part's throwing me off because I feel like I've seen this movie.
0: It features the daughter of another filmmaker. <sighs> uh, just teasing me with these, these things. It's like Kaiser Soze. That's, right. That's what it is. It's just like Kaiser Soze. That's the- yeah, I'm going to drop the coffee mug and I'm going to be like, what the <laughs> uh Yeah, Mark. Do you know?
3: I I don't know.
0: One last pipeline. I'm trying to think of one. Uh, about giving it away. How about title of the movie rhymes with? <laughs> it has fantastical elements in this movie. It about an apartment super who has managed oh, to apartment let's get water. It is Lady in the Water. Oh, uh, but I did not see that movie. It's worth negative four points, so Abe still... Yes! Mark Hoban, you win, and it's the end of the game, more importantly. It is the end of games, and Mark Hoban, you are a winner. Uh, Congratulations. Yay! Yay. Um, okay, so that's uh, that's games. Let's, uh, what's... What was it? <laughs> it, well, it was. Let's move on to our next uh, thing here. we got Out Now presents What's Out Now? And um, this is where we, you know, a few, a few movies are coming out this week on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, and I just wanted to shout those out. We have Ted... The Born Legacy and Ice Age Continental Drift. And if you wanted to hear our thoughts on Ted and The Born Legacy, those are episodes sixty three and sixty nine of the podcast. But right now I'm pretty sure we all really like Ted quite a bit, right? Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah. That was great.
0: Ted, yeah, I, I would go up to say is it's maybe one of the best main like major theatrical release comedies of this year. Comedies, yeah. yeah up sure. there were maybe like what, twenty one jump like what are other big comedies that came out? Like twenty one Jump Street, maybe? Like I wouldn't count Moonrise in there. Moonrise wouldn't be—that's like not a mainstream comedy. So. Would you call yeah, Moonrise was,
2: a comedy, it, though? That's another thing.
0: Yeah, it's a—it's—it's it's hard to call that a comedy. It's—that's it's a different debate. But yeah, we—I think we all quite liked Ted. So that comes out this week. Uh, the born Legacy—we uh, were not as hot on. I think Mark, you—you you liked it a bit, not like.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was okay. I—I yeah. I, I think I liked it about the same as you guys. Did you actually give it like? I, would you say like I gave, a
0: negative? I gave it two and a half.
3: So oh, okay. Yeah. So okay, I liked it slightly more than that, and but, I, I didn't but just, I not did, a lot. More. I just
0: had to watch it again too because I had to review the Blu-ray and um,
3: good commentary yeah. on
0: that Blu-ray. If you want to check that out, cool. And uh, Ice Age: Continental Drift. If you like Ice Age movies, you'll, you know, you'll like this one. <laughs> I saw it. It's it's there's a there's a scope to that movie that I admired in terms of the animation, but that's about all I can praise. Let's get to next week. We're going to talk about The Hobbit next week, and this is the film. It's The Hobbit. What do I have? Do I I have to go warn you? Right. (laughs) It's The Hobbit. I think a few people have heard of this one. It's going to be pretty huge next weekend, but of course, we're still going to try and predict what the box office composite would be for The Hobbit. I don't know how much frame of reference I can provide by giving you previous box office statistics involving the previous Lord of the Rings films, but I can try anyway. Um, All of them made a, a... Huge amount of money, but, uh, let's see, what did they, what's the series done in the past? Uh, pretty high. Fellowship opened to 47, Two Towers opened to 62, Return of the King opened to 72 million, so. Any, uh, any thoughts on what the Hobbit's going this is, you know, ticket prices are slightly higher. More 3D, and 3D. More 3D yeah, and IMAX. IMAX, all these things, so, uh.
3: So, and how many days are we, so when, when does it open? It
0: opens on a Friday, so it's a, it's a regular three day, it's a regular, it's a regular, regular, regular Friday, Friday okay. Sunday, weekend. Right. Hmm, I'm thinking, I'm gonna say,
2: uh, what did, what did the, uh, what did the the werewolf vampire twilight thing open up
0: to? What did the werewolf vampire oh, like five five twilight thing open up to? No, twilight opened on a regular day. Oh, it did? Uh yeah, it opened the it opened the week before Thanksgiving. Uh Tri- breaking down part two opened to 141.
2: I'm gonna say i I'll say I'll say a good solid like seventy-five million. Seven,
0: 75? Seven seventy-five? Kinda low. pretty low. But yeah. I'll let you have it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Mark thoughts? Uh I can go after you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said that, Mark.
0: Oh, Why? So, the way you said that just then. Um, right Um I'm gonna Jesus. It's weird. it's weird because this is a year where you've had Avengers and Dark Knight Rises, both of which are well over two and a half well, Avengers is a little shorter, but Dark Knight Rises is like well over two and a half hours, and like that movie still managed to open to, you know, quite a bit of money despite, you know, having less show times overall. So I'm gonna say it's in the hundreds. I'm gonna say it's in the hundred and I'm gonna say a, a solid 115 million. Wow, okay.
3: 115? One, one, yes. Hmm. Ah, uh, that's a good guess. I...
0: <laughs> it gives
2: you everything in between 75 and
0: 115. Yeah, I
3: could go over, but...
0: I should say the box office prize this week is ridiculous, so you really want to get this.
3: Well then I'll go... I'll go 120. 120. I'll, I'll okay. go. I'll go big. You're
0: gonna me. Go, you're gonna be really embarrassed when it opens to 118.4. You're <laughs> <laughs> embarrassed when it up to like 76. Yes. All right. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm I'm cu- I'm curious to see how it does. I'm curious, to, you know, see the movie as well. I guess we gotta talk about that. But uh, we'll yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh But anyway, that's gonna do it this week. Round now, Baron and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work at my personal blog site, where You can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysubblue.com for Bluer reviews, as well as at twitter.com slash ps 3 Follow me on Twitter there. And I guess uh, I'll be on Just Seen It, the TV show, for the next two Saturdays on PBS SoCal. For anyone that's in SoCal that, you know, wants to see me on TV, I guess. <laughs> Abe? You can find more friends up at walrusmuse.blastboy.com and twitter.com
2: slash walrusmiths.
3: Mark Hoven. And you can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter, at Mark underscore Hoban.
0: And um, you've, you can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now out there and, and on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com, where you can find our show as well as the other shows there, a bunch of shows about comics and games and fun stuff like that with a bunch of cool guys that are happy to host our show. Um, OutNow.podomatic.com, you can find most of the newest shows there, along with some exclusives. OutNow YouTube page needs to be updated, but hey, Uh Yeah, you can go and check out YouTube.com slash
2: OutNowPodcast, where you can find the more direct links to just the main review of the the week. Um, if you want to bypass the games or the uh, other activities, just go to YouTube.com slash
0: OutNowPodcast. It's a convenient way to find the review, but let's be honest, you want to hear the games this week. Anna Kerwinina, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can find, like, and follow those pages and you'll get all the updates, photos, and whatever else you want there. And, uh, once again, iTunes reviews and ratings, it does help the show out. I, I, but I, we, we, we like doing the show and we like to hear back, you know, feedback from our listeners and what have you. So yeah, emailing us and, you know, sending things our way, it's, it's good to, good to hear back from fans and listeners. Helps boost the morale. It does. Um, as I said, this show is actually going to be tagged on with a review of the horror film The Collection, so anyone that you know wants to hear that review, stick around. But until next time, so long. <laughs> and goodbye. Okay, so we are back, and now this is going to be our review for The Collection. You may have just heard the trailer for that, and joining me now to discuss The Collection, I have writer for StarPulse.com, Jason Coleman.
5: Hey, good to be here.
0: And writer for JoeBlow.com, Mr. Jimmy O. Howdy. All right, how are you guys doing tonight?
5: Really good, good. It's um, interesting that we all kind of are connecting now, because we all, all three of us saw this movie together.
0: Yes, we did. Sure. We did at Screamfest. That's true. And uh yeah, so the collection is a sequel to the two thousand nine film, The Collector, uh both written and directed by Marcus Dunstan. And the collection basically picks up where uh like what's a few months maybe after the the Collector? And um it features um uh, basically revolves around a serial killer who creates elaborate setups inside various locations, trapping those inside and resulting in various grisly deaths for people. And then he eventually kind of takes one with him to add to his collection. And we follow the characters Arkin and Elena. Uh, Arkin's played by Josh Stewart, who was in the first film, who was previously captured. He's now escaped, but is convinced basically to help, a team find the the collector's <laughs> latest addition to his collection. Elena, I was gonna say Finley convinced. No, he okay, Finley ahead. convinced. Uh,
1: <laughs>
4: I disagree. Well, we'll I, disagree. I, I basically, totally by, I'm already disagreeing. No, he. I. I. It's not like he had
0: a choice. Okay. So basically, I. Basically, okay. Let me do. Let me just get through the little summary. Arkin. Okay. is. Arkin is convinced to assist a team to help. Uh, retrieve one of the collector's collector items from his own lair because Arkin may be the only person that knows where the collector keeps his collection. So they all see Ripley and aliens. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, they, they all have to go to the collector's haunted house of craziness and much murdering mayhem ensues. So with all that said, all that out of the way, Jimmy O, what did you think of? And some just a brief thoughts. What did you think of the collection?
4: I, I, it was a, a just a fun house ride of gore and good times. I, it felt watching the collection felt kind of like watching those old eighties horror films that they were just fun. They were just fun. I thought it was a great sequel. And hello, yeah. Oh, you're still there. Yep. Yeah. You hear me? I can hear you. Oh yeah. It's, Okay, cool. It was a great sequel because I, I like the I love the first one as well. But I loved how they kind of amped it all up, and they, you know, yeah, lacked a little bit of the cat and mouse or that that was originally in the in the the first. But I, it was still really, really, really well shot. It, it 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 just looked great, and it was, and it. Josh Stewart kicks ass. He's a great leading man in these this, these flicks.
5: Jason, your thoughts? Well, let me preface my comment by saying that the original film, The Collector, I think is a five-star piece of work. It's, it's, it's probably, my, you know, from all the stuff that Marcus and Patrick have kind of written together, other than Feast, which I really like, it's my favorite film that they've done. And I think it's, it's an amazing piece of work. It took, it definitely had those kind of Saw-esque elements, you know, of the traps and all that stuff, but it, it had a wit and a smart, you know, a, a smart script and it really placed two very uh, dedicated kind of, you know, uh, skilled professionals, one a killer, one a, a thief, and pitted them against each other. And that's what made that first movie amazing. That element in the collection is not there. Um, and and for me, that had a huge impact on being able to watch this movie. Absolutely, the the, 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 the gadgets are ratcheted up. Uh, The gore is there, you know, very similar to, I think, the same stuff that they did in the Saw movies, which some of most of them I I thought were pretty forgettable, except for part six, which I thought was incredibly well written. But in this one, that element was gone. And for me, that was key to what made The Collector such a great piece of work.
0: All right. And uh, as far as I go, I did really enjoy The Collector as well. That was kind of a, you know, what did that come out, like the week after The Dark Knight, maybe, or two weeks or so? Like, it just kind Mm -hmm. of came out of nowhere in the summer of 2009, and I as someone that isn't too fond of the Saw movies and, you know, the whole, that genre that it's somewhat inspired, I was like, eh. and then I went and saw I was like, that was pretty good, it was because of that kind of cat-and-mouse element, it was something that it didn't try to be too, the script didn't try to be too clever for its own good, it was fairly straightforward, but I liked that element of the cat-and-mouse thing, similar to something like Panic Room, just gorier. And so I see the collection, and I'm like, alright, it's a sequel to a movie I did like, so, you know, maybe it'll be something I can appreciate, and I ended up, I did, I, I enjoyed what it had, what it was, it's so mm-hmm. I would not say it is it's as good as the collector for similar reasons to Jason, but I did appreciate it because it's it has this yeah it does have like a fun house horror vibe that I don't see often these days and it, it worked for me and it I the the other the main aspect that I I really enjoyed is that it's very it's full of forward momentum it rare it does not stop the movie clocks in at under ninety <laughs> minutes which could sometimes be a bad <laughs> thing for movies but I like that it was just kind of breathlessly paced there's no real downtime here it's just constantly moving and that's for a movie like this i was happy that you know i didn't get bored or anything i was just happy to plug along with it i agree it it does move really well and it it, you know it has
4: that kind of it it really does it feels like you're you're on a roller coaster strapped in and you're like okay what do i have next oh my goodness you know it's it's it was fun it was just fun, but I, I, I will give you guys. Yes, it it does kind of have those elements that you're like, well, it doesn't have the kind of those little those moments in the original where he's kind of trying to figure out what to do. It, it was pretty much it was. It's a funhouse ride. It's a carnival ride, and and, it, and I, I think that was a good thing. To be honest.
5: Right. Nice. Well, the, like I said you know, in my review, I, The Collector was a movie that I actually recommended to somebody who doesn't like blood and gore movies. And I said, you know, you really should watch this because that's kind of secondary to the, to the main focus of the story. And this person loved that movie, liked The Collector. I wouldn't recommend The Collection to her because I feel like it's exactly what you would think it would be. I think it's exactly what people maybe thought The Collector was, which it wasn't. Um, I, I would say good points about the movie. I would definitely say that the opening, the whole opening with Christopher uh, McDonald and, and the daughter, so I thought was fantastic. And then mm. – and, and but, but th- then at the end, though, there was a piece where it kind of went back to the collector, the idea of that, and how Arkham's smart and very – pays attention to detail and adds something kind of at the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, I wish that was at the beginning of the movie, you know? So –
4: I still love that kind of you know, like I'd mentioned the kind of Ripley and Aliens. I, I I think it's you know it is. It's, it reminded me of Aliens as opposed to Alien, just bigger, badder, and and just more and more bloody and more more of everything. It's so- and it's, a, more, it's
5: now it's an interesting interesting you know um, uh, comparison though because Aliens you remember every single Marine that was in that movie. But not really. for the, for the, I can, I can repeat See, I, my I know, I, for me, Alien is, a, Alien is a much better film than Aliens. Right. It's,
4: much
0: better. In terms of character, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I know Bill Paxton and I know, um, uh, what's his name? Ramirez? Uh, yeah. And, that's all, I and, know. and Michael Bean, but I mean, and, I don't, I don't yeah, know Bean. Bean. the others. Just kind of, you know, they all die pretty much pretty quickly once
5: they. get out. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you remember Va- I remember Vasquez. I remember Drake. I remember that's what I mean, Vasquez. That's Ramirez. Where, Amir is. where that coming from? Right. Right. Vasquez. But, but, for, yes. but for me, that team that goes in in the collection, they're forgettable. I don't remember a single one of them. I don't remember the names. I don't remember who what their specialties were. I remember nothing about it. I think that for me, when you drop that character, that arc and character, and that kind of uh, fight between the, him and the collector. And then you fill the movie with with, with forgettable characters. That's that. It kind of hit me a little bit. The only the the, the the one good character was the character that Emma Fitzpatrick played. I did think she was really good in the movie. I, so she definitely. She, I, yeah. I, I,
0: yeah, I think we all agree on that. But I do think I mean I, I think even like Marcus I think even said this when we were kind of talking to him about it. He, there was like they did, He did have like um, there were ex- expanses on all the different characters. It was just cut because the movie is kind of mean and lean as opposed to being you know having a lot of downtime so we can introduce. Um, what bubbles from the wires up to, and the other characters like, uh, I, I, would I would I really like the collection more if I had like an extra 30 minutes to know this
5: team that's going in? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Well, let me put it another way. The the collector uh, in the first movie was played by you know uh, a different actor than in the second film, and for me. I noticed. And I think, and I think why they did it is because in the first movie, he wasn't doing stunts and stuff like that. And all the action stuff he was, it it was, there was a very focused character dichotomy in there. I think for the second one, it was more about kind of the, you know, the, the, the the spectacle and all of that. So I could tell it was a totally different actor playing the collector the second time around. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
4: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for me, I watched the collection actually before I had seen bits and pieces of the collector. Before, and I I actually didn't get a chance to watch it before the I, I wouldn't say the collection which is terrible. And but, about, um, I
5: put it, I know, I want it noted that I mentioned the collector to Jimmy about a year previous to that and told or, him.
4: No, I always wanted to see it though. I'm writing this note
5: down.
1: It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's noted. I told him it was. Yes,
4: great. no, I'd I always wanted to see it though. It wasn't like I was like oh I I, I don't want to see that. But I had been going through a kind of uh A little bit of a uh, kind of taking a break from horror, a little bit. So when I, fi- you know, when I finally watched it after, you know, after seeing the collection, I really liked it. And I, 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 for me, I think they're both terrific films for different reasons. But they both, I, I don't feel like this. The uh, sequel was necessarily a step down at all, just a step in another direction.
0: I would I basically kind of sit in the middle on you guys because I don't, I like the collector. I don't love it the same way that Jason does, but I certainly appreciate it more than other films that would be, I guess, lumped in the same category. And the collection, I think it's a, it's a good sequel. I just don't think it's a great sequel. So that's kind of where I'm coming off. But let's, uh, let's get to some of these actors. Let's get to more of the, act, the actors more. Josh Stewart as, uh, Arkin. He's, uh, he's really solid in this role. Oh, he's great. He's great. We all agree on that, right, Jason?
5: I, but the only pro- no okay. As an actor, I do think he's good. The problem that I had with it is he didn't really have much meat to do. So instead of really being that character, he was kind of resigned to being kind of the uh, the fighting man of action that we've kind of seen before. And I I think I think in the first film he there was there there was a character there. In this one, he was just kind of reacting. Whereas I think in the in the first one, he was creating. That's just that's just my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that, but I but at at the same time, yeah, it is more of a. More of a one man show for him in the first film, where he has. He's. Like you say, he's creating this character and he's coming across these crazy situations that he's never encountered before, and this time he's playing. Kind of the per- he's 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 more in the Obi Wan position where he knows all and has to has to tell everybody. <laughs>
5: has to and by out. the way, wait, 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 let's take a step back because we uh, we were talking about him going back. Now remember, he's escaped twice. He escaped he escaped once in the first movie and then went back in the first during the first movie went back because the girl was inside. Then he got taken again and then he escapes again in this movie. By by, by, back, by luck because right. But then he goes a third and then he goes back a third time. I don't know. I I, I, I was expecting them to maybe pull a gun on him and threatened a family or something. He kind of they kinda of just said, Oh, okay, we'll go. And I thought that character, it felt like he would have had to have been threatened to go. And that's that's just my own opinion, but it felt it felt false. But no. uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> there's a moment of silence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fair enough. Let's move on to Emma Fitzpatrick. We also said so we like oh, liked her good. a lot as the
5: Right, she's basically and
0: she's, she's basically the the, the co lead in this movie because she her, her basically her and art like she's the one that's taken by the collector and she manages to get out within his within the collector's ma- <laughs> collection mansion place and so mm-hmm. she's she herself is trying to escape throughout this movie as well as and, and try to meet up with the team that's come to rescue her so it's a so yeah she's the co lead in this movie she's a tough little pixie in this
5: yeah she's, and, and, she
0: just and... reminds me of a
4: pixie I don't know why She's adorable.
5: Well, it's the haircut. I mean, and, and Marcus had mentioned that he kind of styled her character after um, Audrey Hepburn's character in, Cat into, in um, Wait Until Dark. So, uh, yeah. And, yeah, she was great. And you know what? I think there was a good, ba- I agree, she was feisty. But there was also that balance. And I feel like for me, she brought a little more of that first movie to the movie, to this one. Um, and so she had that sensitive side, but also had the tough side. So I, she was great in the movie. She was probably one of the best things in the movie.
4: Yeah, she was very good. I agree with that. I also like the fact that I I I still like you know the the two of them together I I you 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 said it best she's a co lead and I think that's that's why I really I really liked both of them even if I didn't know necessarily the rest of the characters as well as maybe it could have I was so invested in both of them that it was worth the ride for me and that I, I do credit both of them for really. Really taking the material seriously and really having fun with it and just going, going for it.
5: Right, right. Oh, and by the way, because I don't want to be, feel like I'm crapping on all the uh, all the cool blood gores and gimmicks and stuff, I do think that the opening sequence, you know, the opening uh, bit, um, that opening gag, I thought was amazing. Which is it? It, it's, it, it, it absolutely blew me away. So I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I did not like the blood and guts and stuff. That opening sequence was great. It's basically great,
0: it's basically great. like an extended cold open to show you what the collector is capable of, and so it takes place oh, inside yeah. a club, and opposed to like a house, which is what we saw in the collector. Right. It's like an entire club full of people, and him creating a very elaborate design of how to butcher
5: <laughs> these people. <laughs> that was
4: that was a uh, that was one of the probably one of the most creative kills right. I've <laughs> ever seen on film.
0: Ever, it certainly it it gets uh, it gets the uh, the ghost ship medal for most deaths based on one device award. That's I know,
1: right.
0: <laughs> Right. That's the first reference to Ghost Ship, I think, since 2006. I think that's... Uh... Hey, Ghost Ship <laughs> is awesome, man.
4: <laughs> that movie rocked. I love that opening sequence. Or was that... The, it's, a, it's the, the opening, opening, yeah. No.
0: It's a, yeah, it's the opening. It's like in the past. It's like the first
4: thing. Yeah, I, I was I was like... I was trying to remember if it was open that way or if it came in the middle. But yeah, it was opening sequence, and that that was insane. Although I think this was even better to be honest. I would agree just cuz I like this movie. That's the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, Ghost Ship's not. It, let's just say the last half isn't all that great, but you know. This is much better. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Did you like Ghost
5: Ship? <laughs> uh, I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the opening sequence is good. <laughs> yeah. They're,
4: they're, I think the, we're all safe on that one.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah. I agree with that.
0: Um,
5: so let's see any other thoughts on uh on the collection? You know, I, I but I will, I will give it up to Marcus as a director. I do think both in the collector and in the collection, I do think that he's done an amazing job, and I think he should stop writing these scripts for other people and start directing his own stuff. Because even in the midst of maybe kind of losing some of that cat and mouse stuff, I agree with Jimmy that I think the spectacle and how he shot it and, you know, what he did in the collection, I do think is visually is very amazing. And I do think... Marcus is maybe not getting his due in terms of being a director and, and working with the actors in the first one and providing the spectacle in the second one. And so I, I, I'd like to see him do more work as a director.
4: I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think he's got this, we, we saw when he introduced the film, when we talked to him after, he has this amazing energy and it's, it's really just infectious. And I, I'm sure that translates as when he's working on a set and Clearly, the actors dug that, and I, I think that not only are the actors are going to dig working for him and and do do whatever they, he asks, but they're also going. He he just yeah that visually it's a it's a cool looking flick. The dude can direct, and I, I hope I'd love to see him do something with a little bit more money. I I would love to see a third collection, to be quite honest.
5: I'd, be, I'd love I, to see where and, it goes, and I, if we do, I would definitely like to start it from the point that we ended, which for me gave that life to Arkin's character again. I won't spoil the movie, but the, the end was like, oh, that was the old Arkin, the guy who was focused and that attention to detail and all this stuff. And if it starts from there, maybe we can incorporate both. We can have great, you know, visuals and that great, uh, that the great acting and the great characters. I'd be curious. I agree. I I I agree too, and I'd be
0: curious to see how they would be able to pull off a third collector movie i i would be interested in seeing it just because it'd be like if they if they did make it then obviously marcus dunston broke some barrier it was like i know how to do this movie so you yeah, know we'll we'll see yeah uh i mean this one it didn't exactly light up the box office but either did the, the collector for that matter and it managed yeah, to get a sequel no, I,
4: I, it doesn't need a movie like this doesn't necessarily need to make you know the it's gonna make a ton on video it's gonna it's gonna make its money it didn't cost that much to make so there's a good chance they'll be able. I, I hope that they can make a sequel because I, I would love to. I know he wants to, and I, I think it'd be really fun to see where the story goes. Uh, again, without spoiling anything, as we're trying not, well, you know, we're trying mostly not to spoil anything. It would be really interesting to see how it, the tables are turned.
5: Absolutely, and I'm and I'm an you know I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to movies. I go in hoping it's going to be great. So I would be right. based on you know like my love for the first movie, I would definitely go to a third movie and give it a shot.
0: Awesome. Yes, I agree. All right. So, um, uh, basically, on out now on the show, we uh, we have a rating scale that goes from that 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 surrounds when you should go and see this movie so we have a scale that goes from imax to theater to dollar theater netflix hbo tv or just kind of forget about it so on that scale jimmy o where would you put the collection
4: oh uh, i guess there's nothing like seeing a really good fun horror film on opening night with a bunch of screaming fans so i guess i'd go with imax all right jason
5: Oh I'd I'd have to go HBO man and and, and take the fir- but take the first one put it back in the theater watch it there and then go home and watch the second
0: one oh, okay
5: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> oh fair enough <laughs> um I think this movie's a lot of fun uh, I, I I would give it I'd give it like a dollar theater I think I think it, you know it'll it'll be there soon enough probably so yeah I that'd be where I'd let it stand uh all right so um cool that's our that's our review for the collection then so yeah, great. Thanks for anybody sticking around to listen to this section of the episode. Um, Jason, where can people find more of your work?
5: Uh, um, yeah, Starpulse.com. But I you know, I wanted to just quickly mention that uh, I'm trying to put together an Evil Dead Fest because uh, I also am part of the management team over at the Westwood Village in Bruin in, uh, here in California. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to put together an Evil Dead Fest, which would most likely happen around April 11th when the new one comes out. So we'll have Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and, of course, the new one, and with special guests and all that stuff. So definitely go to um, uh, the Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Regency Westwood. And uh, we'll keep you up to date with all the info, details, all that good stuff. But it's, it's definitely going to be something tasty if we can do it for the fans.
0: Awesome. And I'm certainly looking forward to that. Uh, Jimmy, where can people find more of your work? you can find me on
4: com. i also uh do a bi bi monthly column sorry bi monthly column over at arrow in the head called where in the horror are they now we just recently looked at the lovely and talented adrian Barbeau, who oh. is if any oh. self-respecting horror fan knows Barbeau. nice so uh you know the fog creep show uh Escape from New York. Uh she's amazing and she's still working and it's uh it's good to see her still still around. So so we kinda look back at their careers where they started and, and as as the title suggests, where is she now? And we find that out. So that's
0: arrowinthead.com. Awesome. Great. So thanks guys for talking with me about the collection. It's a movie that I do think deserves people's time, especially for horror fans. And The Collector as well. So, you know, good good series to check out. Yes, I agree.
5: Absolutely. The Collector.
0: <laughs> the Collection.
5: <laughs> Make it a double feature.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Boom. That's
0: the way to go.
5: Collect them all, right?
0: Done. <laughs>